Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What do people do with the word hell today? Oh, go to hell. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. They just use it like whatever. Oh, man, it's a great day here. Hell, my friends are going to be there. We're going to have, man, I hope the football game's down. We're going to have a great time down there. See, they're what? They're clueless. Now, who made them clueless? Satan has blinded their eyes to the truth. You understand that? That's his goal. Why would he blind them to the truth? Because he's there. And he wants you to join him. It will not be a party. There's been this thought for a long time that people who obey God are not fun to be around, while those in open rebellion against God are the fun people. This thought has, of course, been pushed by those who don't want to submit to God. Sadly for them, they will discover that what they thought about hell was wrong. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the final judgments and what's going to happen to the people who will end up with God and those who will be sent to the lake of fire. You'll learn that there's no fun in hell, only fire and brimstone and no sense of God's love at all. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Revelation chapter 20 as he continues his message, The Great White Throne Judgment and the Judgment Seat of Christ. Think about the books of God's law. Let's take the Ten Commandments. Maybe their name is going to be there that might be open for those who claim to do what? You've met people. Oh, I've kept all the Ten Commandments my whole life. I never broke one of them. Yeah, right? When he opens the book, uh, let me show you this page here, right here. Is there a chance any of us never broke one of the Ten Commandments? No, for an unbeliever, guaranteed never. Now, the other one can be just simply this one, the Bible. Jesus might say, I just wrote it like this, John 14. If you love me, obey my commandments. What does an unbeliever do? I know God. Do you love God? Well, of course I love God. Do you obey his commandments? What are you talking about? The Bible. Oh, no, I don't agree with that. Guess what? Done. No argument. Finished. Here's another one. This is the big one. A book that contains a personal history of that person rejecting Jesus. Back on August 7th, 2003, you were in a church. The altar call came. You knew you needed to meet Jesus, but you denied Uh, Let's go back to the year 1000. You say, well, God can't have all that. Are you kidding? If Alexa knows everything, (laughs) what do you think God knows? Now, just think about that. 
He just begins to list how many times you heard the gospel. And every single time, every single time, you rejected it. No matter, you've heard me say many times, you can't choose the night or the morning or the day when you're going to accept Jesus. Oh, when I get there, I'll make the decision. No, the Holy Spirit has to say to you, hmm, open your eyes, your spiritual eyes. Tonight is the night to get saved. Oh, no, I'll wait later. That's always Satan. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now, think of that. All that time that God's grace was there, they rejected it. You know what that person's going to say? I understand everybody in this line's going to hell. That's unfair. God says, really? How many times did I present the gospel to you? It's not unfair. Your choice. Do you see what I'm getting at? Because they're going to think, I don't belong here. Yes, you do. Now, here's the other one. John six forty six. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? Well, I got you a Savior. Well, no, it works with Savior and Lord. You have to follow me. You don't do it. Busted, ruined, finished. So see, when that happens... Think about this, this personal history. I, I love what the Bible says when we doubt, well, does God really know what's going through my mind and whatever? It's a little scary in a way. Any of you as a Christian, once in a while something happens, and this thought goes through you and you go, whoa, where did that come from? Now, don't look at me like, what kind of pastor is this? Any of you ever thought go through your mind and go, I need to stop thinking about that right now. How did that get there? That's our old sin nature. Well, listen to this from Ecclesiastes, back in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God will bring, once in a while, a deed into judgment. No, what's it say? Every deed, including every hidden thing, I'll add to it, every hidden thought, whether it's good or evil. That's why it's a judgment. Nobody's going to say, oh, I forgot. No, it's going to be right there. Now, look at verse 12 again. Another book was opened. Now, remember, the ones I told you, we don't know if that's exactly what's going to be there, but it's about their deeds, so it's got to be something like that. Verse 12, another book was opened, which is the book of life. The book of life. The book of life contains the names of all who have been born again. So I'll just use this tonight as an example as we go through. This would be the book of life. So everybody that's born again, their name will be in it. Of course, this is not it. It's probably a scroll. Who knows what it is? But your name, when you become a believer, is written in the book of life. And here's the next thing you need to understand with this. All the other books contain a detailed record of the works of the unsaved. No unbeliever will ever have their name in the book of life. Never. It's not there. They're an unbeliever. They don't believe in Jesus. Book of life, they're back, if you want to call some of the other books, the book of death. Separation from God forever. Book of life will not be there. Now look at verse 13. And the sea 
gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Hades was the temporary place until the lake of fire. And each person was judged according to what he, she had done. So all people of all time who died without Jesus Christ will be judged according to their works in order to determine the degree of their eternal punishment. So you need to write this down because sometimes we don't get this. There will be degrees of punishment in hell. You say, whoo, that's good. No, you don't want to go good. You're still separated in hell, and you'll learn about hell in a little bit, forever from God. But some will have more, and we don't really understand what that is, but there's going to be different kind of degrees of punishment. It's all punishment, but it really shouldn't matter to you because you're in hell forever. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. Now, look at verse 14. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. I'll show you what that looks like in a moment. So death in the Bible means separation. Separation. When you die, you're separated from what? Your physical body. And separation from God. You're unsaved. You basically have died. When Adam and Eve died, they ended up bringing death to us physically, but immediately they were separated from God spiritually. Death. Immediately. Later, they would die. That's why we all die. Now, there are three types of death, really, physical, spiritual, and eternal. Separation. Physical, spiritual, and eternal. Physical death is the first death. That's what the Bible calls it. How many people are going to experience the first death? Everybody. We're all going to be there. It's pointed on the way and wants to die and after death, the judgment. Eternal death, and you can do an eternal spiritual or spiritual eternal, either way is fine, is the second death. The eternal part means forever. An unbeliever that is experiencing spiritual death is they don't know God. But here, the second death is eternal separation from God for how long? Forever. So that's the second death. People say this all the time. It's very common saying, if you're only born once, you will die twice. If a person is only born physically, but is not born again spiritually, then they will die twice. Physically and then spiritually separated from God forever. Does that make sense to you? Now, the other one, is what you want, what I want. Born twice, die how many? Once. If a person is born physically and then born again, remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus? You must be born again. If I'm born physically, of course, that's because I'm here, and born again spiritually, I will only experience what? Death how many times? Once. And we're all going to do that. Now, which would you choose? Well, you better want to choose the second one, or we're going to have an altar call till Jesus comes. You don't want to die without God. You need to be born again. It's absolutely a requirement. Now, look at verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he, she, 
was thrown into the lake of fire. That's it. That's the end. There's no debating. There's no nothing. That's it. That's what I'm trying to get you into your mind. Why we need to have a heart for the unsaved. That's it. Our loved ones, our relatives, our friends. That's it. Now, you and I might try to argue with God, but God, my name's written on many checks that I gave to the church. Good. We need that. Thank you. My name is on the membership role of the church. Sorry, we don't have that, but some of you were in a church with membership. Do you know that some people equate membership to going to heaven? My name is written on a baby baptism record. Nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't do anything for you. Baptism doesn't save anybody, even as an adult. It just proves that you already were saved because you asked Jesus Christ to change you. Pastor Mark, my name is on a plaque in my office. I'm a really good, loyal, hard worker. That's fantastic. All of those things are good. They're not good enough. That will not take care of your sin. Now, so the Bible tells us what the lake of fire is like. And let me just say this to you. You don't want to go there. We really don't have a full picture. But if you just study it some, you definitely don't want to go. But what do people do with the word hell today? Oh, go to hell. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. They just use it like whatever. Oh, man, it's a great day here. Hell, my friends are going to be there. We're going to have, man, I hope the football game's on. We're going to have a great time down there. See, they're what? They're clueless. Now, who made them clueless? Satan has blinded their eyes to the truth. You understand that? That's his goal. Why would he blind them to the truth? Because he's there. And he wants you to join him. It will not be a party. Now, Hell is a place of torment. Jesus said darkness, gnashing of teeth, fire. A place of mental torment. Memories and regrets forever on your mind. A place of spiritual torment. Separation from God. No community. Utter and complete hopelessness. A few years ago when I went through in the scripture, hell, I wrote these. Hell is a what? It's a no place. No God. If there's no God, obviously, then thus there's what? There's no peace. There's no relief. There's no love. There's no forgiveness. And there's no hope. I guarantee you, 99% of them believers have no clue what I just wrote. That's all biblical. It's a no place. Here's a more difficult one. Next. Hell is a fixed place. There's no escape. There's no purgatory. There's no reincarnation. And there's no second chances. See, the lake of fire is the end. There's no exit. You know, we have exit signs all over, all buildings. So if a fire starts, what? Woo! We get out to save ourselves. There is no exit sign. That's your destination forever. Now, people say, well, what kind of a God is that? Well, it's a God that loved you enough to send his son to die on the cross and give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. But hell was never for humans. Look at this verse. Matthew 25, Jesus speaking. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into 
eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never meant for humans. Because God wants how many people to be lost? Zero. He didn't plan for that. But people choose it. You say, well, God sent me to hell. You can never say that. You sent yourself to hell. Because everybody has a choice. And these people that are unbelievers, most of them are given many choices. By the way, you know why we do missions, don't you? And we go around the world tell people never heard the message, never heard the gospel. You just see what's happening. See, we don't understand the spiritual warfare. We do, but here's Turkey. They're moving in. You know what they're trying to do? Kill Christians in Syria that serve Jesus Christ. That's part of the thing. And you know why? The head of Turkey just said, well, this is for the Muslims to rule again. Well, that's all false. And in Turkey right now, they're taking believers, pastors that are in Turkey, and they're saying to one pastor just went back to visit his family somewhere else in the world, and they said, have a nice life. You'll never be allowed back into Turkey. He didn't know that at all. He's gone. See, that's what an enemy's doing. So you have to understand this battle goes on and on and on. Now, there's only one sin that sends a person to hell. Turn to your neighbor and say, only one sin. Come on. Only one sin. Let me read to you John 16, 9. In regard to sin, because men do not believe me. That's the one sin. Look at John three thirty six. Whoever believes in the Son, believes means not just, oh, I know there's a Jesus. No, it's a relationship with him. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So the only reason a person will not go to heaven, but live forever in the lake of fire, that is it. They've committed the one sin. It's not about all the other sins in their life. Murder, adultery, you know, all kinds of other sins. Some of the sins we've even been hating people, speaking against people, you know, all those kind of sins that we have committed as well. It's not about that. It's one sin. They have refused to believe in Jesus as their personal Savior. Now, one of life's greatest questions from the beginning to time is this. Is your name in the book of life? See, this is not a church where you can leave. Wow, that was a lot of great, interesting things. Well, it is. It's all biblical. But see, we're not here for information. We're here for transformation. Information that isn't applied is useless. So you're going to hear, well, you hear pretty much every week when any of our pastors teach. We give altar calls at the end. Why do we do that? You've got information now. Make an application. Choose to follow Jesus Christ. Oh, another day. And quite often I'll say, that's what you're hearing. That's not God. Today's the day of salvation. So the question is, when you look at this, we're not talking about, wow, did you know what hell's like? It's a fixed place. It's a no place. Good. That's good. That's why we give it. That's why I try to make it practical. But that's not the key. It's what are you going to do about that truth? What are you going to do? Just leave it? No, there has to be application to the truth. Now, I will tell you, for some of you, all weekend we'll have people 
that never even knew about the book of life. And they didn't know how to get their name in there. Toward the end of the service, I'll tell you how to get your name in the book of life. And that's what we talk about as we go through. So just think about that. Now, we're going to move to another judgment. This is the second judgment. Remember what we said at the beginning? Let me just go back there so you to remember. Very simple. Every person on earth was born. Anybody out there born? Yeah, like crazy. My wife and I are watching one of these animal shows or something last night, and the giraffe was having its baby. And I'm thinking, wow, look at that giraffe. Here on the other end comes a baby. And what I thought was really interesting, this is a side view. This is just extra for you. Uh, they put all this, this matting in there because the baby drops like 12 feet. Womp. <laughs> the baby giraffe. And I thought it was interesting. And while, while she was delivering the baby, she puts her way to tall neck back like this. And I'm thinking, what is that about? And the gal that knew about it, she said, she's in pain. She's going, oh, no kidding. And here came the baby, born. We were all born. Second one, every person on this earth will, will die. Every person will be resurrected. Anybody waiting for a resurrected body like Jesus? Perfect. Perfect. Now, next, here we go. Just to remind you, every person will be judged. Well, we talked about the unbeliever. Now we're going to talk about the believers, that we are going to be judged. Now, see, you have to understand this as we go there. Here we go. This judgment is about our gifting, our talents, our opportunities as Christians. Has nothing, to, so don't ever get this mixed up, has nothing to do whether you go to heaven or not. You will not be at this judgment unless you're already born again. And your name's already in the book of life. So here it is. Second Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I just abbreviate it, usually J-S-C. That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. Now here's the part that's a little more difficult. Whether good or bad. Now, who is Paul talking about when he uses the word we? If Paul's in it, you know who he's talking about. We Christians, we Christ followers. That's exactly what he's talking about. People who have personally accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're in a work of discipleship. They're learning to be more and more like Christ. He's not talking about perfect people. There are none. Remember when Paul got to the end of his life, he said, I haven't arrived yet either. I'm still working at it. But eventually, when sin's not happening in heaven, there is no sin, we'll be perfect, we'll be glorified. So here's what you need to write. If you've never known this, this is very, this should be exciting for you, except you're not sure what the judgment is yet. Here it is. The judgment seat of Christ is only for who? Christ followers, Christians, born again, whatever word you want to use. Today, Pastor Mark taught more about the two final judgments. You discovered that the judgment for those who rejected Jesus will be a time when they'll find that they have no excuse for rejecting him. They will be reminded that God's constantly giving them opportunities to say yes to him. He uses people and circumstances plus his Holy Spirit to call them and you to repentance. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete his teaching, The Great White Throne Judgment and the Judgment Seat of Christ. You'll find out about the Book of Life and what it represents. Pastor Mark will be trying to help you understand the seriousness of coming to know Jesus. You'll be reminded of the limited nature of life and that your clock is ticking toward your end. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.